Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday Night Live, coming to you from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. My name is Ron Crawford, and I am the pastor here, and it's a wonderful thing on this last Wednesday evening of 2021 to be able to greet my congregation, those that are part of this fellowship in Dallas, as well as our Saints Network family. We have been absolutely blessed in this past year, and the prospects of what God is wanting to do, what He has spoken about doing, uh, the prospects of those being brought forward in His timing in this new year are are great. And um, so we come to this last week of 2021, and we look to the weekend, which is a New Year's weekend, and I believe that the Father has given us a, a very clear and simple perspective as to how we are to approach this, this coming weekend. And I recognize that many of you are involved in, um, you have your own church, many of you are pastors of those churches, and in no way am I attempting to say, well, this is how you need to do things. But I wanted to tell you, especially for my congregation here, what our perspective is for this weekend. As we enter the new year, we need to come before the Lord with thanksgiving. We need to present ourselves in humility, and we need to praise forward considering the things that we know God is wanting to do in the new year. Um, Ideally, this coming Friday evening being New Year's Eve, we're just going to invite our congregation to come to the sanctuary and to give thanks on that, that evening for the things that God has done in our lives and in the life of this church and in the life of our network. You, you, you establish any kind of progression in grace through thanksgiving, through giving of thanks. That is your base. That is your foundation. Otherwise, the perspective of grace can be scattered. You know, giving thanks to the Lord is is how you enter His gates. And if, if you're not giving thanks, you might, first of all, lose perspective of the direction that God has been bringing you in. You might lose perspective as to what your foundation really is in God. And you might really be, how can I say this eloquently? <laughs> you, might, you might display a lack of gratitude to God because we're so quick to embrace his provision and we're many times equally quick in forgetting about it. 
And we like the disciples who just saw Jesus feed thousands of people miraculously, and in the scope of a few hours, they're complaining that no one brought food. And Jesus pointed that out to them. And so it's imperative that we lay that foundation of, of thanks, that we make sure that in our reflection of what God has given us, that we are also applying those points of identity and functioning in them. It's, it's a great point of expressing our gratitude to God, but also affirming the establishment of what he has called us to be and to do, and then taking, um, taking account as to whether what we've been living that way. Um, foundation is so, so very important to anything we do in God. And thanksgiving is, is uh, the main ingredient of that. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, a junior in high school, my father determined that we needed to lay a new, um, a new driveway to our, our house. And this was a significant expanse. It, it came off the road and it descended at a, at a gradual grade downward. But then, um, you know, I, I think it was at least 100 feet, at least 100 feet. And I didn't measure it. But I did that. So I remember we were going to do it ourselves, which is a true West Virginia um, maxim. But we had close friends from the place that we had lived and where I really had my elementary school years who were good folk. They were from South Carolina, and they owned a... Um, a cement and asphalt delivery company. And so we made arrangements for my my friend and his father to bring out big loads of concrete, but my dad and I were going to spread it. And so I remember getting getting the, the, the road ready, uh, laying the... Uh, the uh, the wooden braces on either side of where this was going to be poured, putting down a, a foundation of different types of metal that would help to bond that cement. And, you know, we were just, <laughs> I didn't know any better. But I look back on it and I thought, there is no way in the world that I would do that now. But that's just the way we thought, and or, or my dad thought, and you know, over the years, that before we finally sold the place, when my mom moved into a, a retirement center, and it was a nice, very nice place. Many of you were there when we would travel in West Virginia. We'd stopped and saw her, and it was, it was a very nice place. But um, that that. Uh, that uh, cement or cement uh, driveway really worked well, and uh, it, it didn't show any signs of disintegrating over the many years. I remember I said, after we laid this thing, I said, Dad, now this water, the water from the road is going to come down this driveway. 
And um, don't you think we should put some kind of a drain down at the bottom before it enters into where you, the cars are parked? And so we somehow, I guess he talked to somebody at the mill uh, that he worked a steel mill, and we put in a, a graded drain and drained it off, and, and it worked. And I remember, my goodness, when my friend um, drove, I couldn't believe it. My friend was just 16 years old. He was driving these massive trucks. It was a different day. And he lived a hard life, but he backed that thing down, and that big old spinner, it was a huge commercial um, truck and it started pouring that concrete and we spread that concrete with improvised wooden spreaders and it was work in fact my friend was amazed that we were doing this and he kind of he pitched in and helped because we grew up together uh, I was thankful that Herky was there his name was really Jack but they called him Herky and um because that thing spread, and, and we did it in sections, and then Herky went away and brought back another load, and and we had to we had to really work on that foundation because uh, we were told over and over again that the foundation is isn't right. No matter what quality of cement you put down there, it's gonna it's gonna break apart and it's gonna go away. And that's that's the case in anything. I mean, if you're building a house or you're building a building. If you don't have a foundation that's true, you're going to have problems. And you're going to, it may not be immediately, but you're going to have problems. You know, Jesus spoke about our foundation being on a rock. And um, that, that is true. And, and I, I know that there is a strong connection. We've studied this in the Scripture um, bet between grace and thanksgiving. In fact, in the New Testament, uh, the primary word in the original trans uh, that means grace was regularly um, translated as thanksgiving or giving thanks. And, of course, then also that root was translated as a derivative of it was translated as rejoicing. And, and it's so important that we understand that if we are going to move forward in the Lord, in grace, not just growing because of um, investment uh, uh, blossom, but if we're going to take steps forward in grace— which is what the throne of God um, offers as a partnership for all of us. That's why it's a throne of grace. Uh, we, we have to be people of, of thanksgiving. Now, for you, as we come to Friday, what, is, what are the things that you can look at where you can say, I am truly thankful to God for this. Um, just over this past year, what, what are the things that I'm truly thankful for? I look at my family, and yeah, it's, it's not been an easy time for any of us. But it, it has been a year 
where God has preserved us. He has helped us. None of us died. And there are almost a million people across this country that have died of the pandemic, but God has preserved us. I'm grateful for that. God has blessed us in a time where uh, there are a lot of challenges in our country economically. Uh, God is, God is, there are so many things that I can be thankful for, for personally. And I, I need to specifically lay that on the altar of thanks and um, say, thank you. Thank you, Father. As, as a church and as a, a network, yeah, there's a lot of things that I really thought we would be doing on behalf of the Lord. You know this, but we've been somewhat uh, restricted because of the the travel barriers internationally. But in this past year, we were able to, as a network, take a step of faith and acquire state-of-the-art broadcasting equipment and cameras. We've been using these. We still need to determine a lot of the features that they have and experiment with them as we say, okay, this is what God wants in this new year, and we've got a lot of plans that the Lord has given us just for reaching out and providing for the nations, and, of course, this nation. You know, that's the beauty of what we feel we're to do. You know, it's going to begin in English, so that is a a base for all of the, the churches here in North America, and we believe that someday for England. But it's it's also then from from that base we can reach out in Portuguese and in French and um, hopefully then move forward into other languages. But how we do that so it is a a a, a good a a, a well appearanced presentation and that's important. Um, is is what we're really striving for. And then to have a quality production when we're attempting to uh, gain translation um, in uh, place from places that are thousands of miles away. We rely on a good signal there and we rely on a good connection. And so often when we even do our broadcasts, each week. We don't know what we're going to encounter from week to week. So we, we're, we're trying to firm that up, but we're very thankful that God miraculously, through the sacrifices of obedience, provided this and, and paid for it. Here, here at our church, um, I'm, I'm very grateful for a lot of other things that we were able to do. Um, just in in seeing God provide, um, I'm I'm so thankful, and we should never take those blessings from God for granted. Um, I I am um, I'm also looking forward to the things that God has shown us in dreams. I'm thankful for these dreams. 
I'm thankful for the things God has shown. Um, great favor, great grace upon us in this new year. New groups of of devoted believers added to the fellowship of the saints for this new year. Um, expansion in exponential expansion from the things that we are we are offering to the Lord now uh, as we break that bread in our hands it's going to be multiplied in the way that's going to happen I'm thankful for those dreams and um, I'm thankful for our identity as saints and sons I'm thankful for the scriptural understandings that God has given and continues to give. I'm thankful that we uh, have been given a gift of diversities of tongues and tremendous scriptural understandings of what it means to intercede and hear from God. I'm grateful for these. These are gifts. You know, I, I was... I hesitate to say this, but uh, this is our means of communication. But I, I was privileged to watch the homegoing celebration of our beloved brother Don Potter's wife, Christine. And I, I was blessed by my remembrance of how that ministry really urged us to move forward in prophetic song and urged us to move forward in types of spiritual uh, intercessory stand and warfare. And um, I, I, again, I've told you this, and many people misinterpret this, but I want to keep a clear channel here before the Lord regarding the words that we receive and regarding what God tells us to do. So I don't willy-nilly follow everything that's coming down the pike because every ministry has their own identity, their own marching order, and um, I want to stay pure. So I don't, uh, and I, I, I hope you know that that when I'm sharing things, it's not because I heard it from somebody else. I, I'm sharing it with you uh, strictly because this is what the Lord has said from his word. And, and uh, that's kind of a bond we have as saints. But I was listening to our, our beloved brother, Rick Joyner, and I was listening to Don Potter, who got up and spoke some endearing words. But it was, it was an exhortation to move forward and to keep pressing into the deeper things of God. And that evangelistic drive is something that we need to keep before us. And... Um, because we've got we've been given the tools we've been given the understandings you know one of the challenges that you face as as an army unit um, is when there is a um, uh, there is a time where the army is mobilized and then they hurry up and they wait and they have to wait I, I love to study military history I was then there are many illustrations of this, uh, like in World War II, before the Battle of the Bulge, our forces were were victorious, and they were in some ways 
complacent and they approached the Christmas holiday and and there was a great measure that the the uh, the Nazi forces there in Western Europe were being thrown back and there was there was a lull and it's hard to keep an army unit focused when you're waiting uh, I, I was reading about uh, the Battle of New Orleans, and more specifically the War of 1812, and how Andrew Jackson initially got a directive to mobilize armed forces from Tennessee, which is why they're called volunteers. Um, I'm sure that the same thing was for the Revolutionary War, but particularly from the Hermitage and from um, there in Nashville, where Andrew Jackson was commissioned to take militia from, from Tennessee, that's where it really became a focal point of the volunteer state. But they marched first to, toward, um, toward New Orleans to, to defend that port against British incursions. Um, and uh, we had already purchased the Louisiana Purchase, and uh, the British and the Spanish didn't like the deal that our country did with Napoleon, and they were they were going to press for that advantage. And so, Madison directed that President Madison and his advisors, who were much to be desired in the early days of the war, uh, that Jackson should take these thousands of men, and they they traveled a good distance, and then uh, there was a a word from Washington that that advance needed to stop and that army needed to be held there and then disbanded for a different move. And so they were all being called back. Those plans were on hold. They eventually went forward, the great miracle of the Battle of New Orleans, but those plans were on hold. And Jackson wrote in his memoirs how disconcerting it was how the morale of the troops was greatly impacted and um, you know even in England in World War II the the phony war uh, where they declared war on Germany and then there wasn't really any fighting for a long time it was difficult it's difficult to keep people focused when that kind of thing happens and we have encountered that it's been the Lord's doing, but it's difficult to keep that momentum in the spirits of people when there is a hiatus, when there is a waiting time. And we are always going to have to learn that lesson when you wait on the Lord. God gives promises and then there's a waiting, usually. And how you keep Christians how you keep saints focused in that waiting time is one of the greatest miracles that, if you do it right, that the church will ever know. And we have been in a period of activity, but of waiting. It's been a challenge for us. We, we've, we've been mobilized here. We've gathered our people. We've had prayer times, but we've been selective with them. And we've encouraged people to pray at home. 
Now, I'm not beating a drum trying to make people do that. I don't know whether they're doing it or not. I'm not an evangelist. I'm supposed to do the work of an evangelist, but my role in the chain is, is different. And, and I know that we need a measure of exhortation. But, you know, when you don't have a, a point of uh, a theater of operation that you're going into, and, and when you don't have some point of crisis, and I'm not wanting one, when you don't have some point where we say, okay, this is our objective, God has said this, we're moving out now. It's hard to keep people focused and to pray with that fervor. So one of the ways you keep the fires burning is by reflecting in giving thanks. And I think that this Friday, our congregation here, and we would encourage no matter what you're doing on New Year's, whether it's an all-nighter, whether it's a a gathered group time and then fellowship to follow, whatever you do. I remember when I was a boy, uh, our church had a lot of uh, Eastern European and Italian people and we would have a um, we would have a service on New Year's Eve, and then we'd have a big a big time of fellowship, and we would eat um, sauerkraut and sausage, and the Italians had their own foods that they traditionally ate on New Year's, and it was a really festive time. I know here in Texas, you're supposed to eat black-eyed peas and cornbread. Uh, and and every people group has their own time of celebration. But no matter what you're doing, make sure that the base of it on this New Year's Eve is Thanksgiving. I looked at a, lo- a number of scriptures that we could focus on, and in keeping with the, the Christmas season that we're, that we're emerging from, I wanted to cause us to look at Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through um, 49. I think I told Scott just an abbreviated number of those verses, but we'll just read it. Mary said, when she, oh, 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 verse 45, she's come to the house of, of Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Performance, teleos, that what has been spoken is going to be. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty, or dunamis, has done great, has done it to me great things. Holy is his name. Elizabeth begins by stating in, in her own uh, atmosphere of the miraculous that Mary had believed 
and that the things that God said to her in that great grace were going to be done exactly as God had said them. Mary immediately responds, My soul magnifies the Lord. What does this mean? My soul engages in a contemplation of the megas, of what God has said and how it's going to be displayed and depicted. My soul, my thinking, how I deduce, how my emotions feed into that, how I respond in that head of mine. This is really important because the battlefield really is the mind. And how you offer thanks and how you put away the feelings of abandonment or rejection. Because remember, bitterness is a chief opponent of grace. How you process what's happening and how you keep focused on what God has said, remembering things, giving thanks, will align you with what the Lord and that plan of his has said. This is why Mary began this way. And I'm sure she had an amen choir in Elizabeth, not so much Zacharias because he couldn't talk at that point, but even John the Baptist within Elizabeth was leaping. Um, I, I, I think that it's important that we don't just view what Mary said in the traditional Latin Magnificat and my soul does magnify the Lord or, um, um, you know, there are, there are other choral renditions that are very, um, a very uh, beautiful, Ave Maria, you know, that kind of thing. Now, we look exactly at what she's saying because she was a human being just like we are. She was moving on behalf of the Father's will. She was moving on behalf of a divine directive imparted by Gabriel himself, she was touched and invested by the power of the Holy Ghost in, in putting a miracle within, within her. It's amazing to me that she begins by saying something about her soul. We got to keep our mind in shape. We need to gird up the loins of our mind. And it's up to you to do this. You know, we don't have a personal trainer in this, in the things of the spirit. Uh, we, we don't, maybe you have a buddy who keeps you focused. Um, I don't know, but it ultimately it, it, it involves you. How is your soul? Is it still submitting itself to the things of the Spirit? Is it remembering your identity, your 
calling and what God has done and what he has said he will do. This is vital for us in any partnership with grace. And, um, you know, I could mobilize people over the past many years with special meetings and I could mobilize people with the prospect of some kind of, as I mentioned earlier, some kind of uh, theater of operation that's in front of us or some specific goal that everybody is excited about. If there's warfare, I can inspire them. If the enemy's coming against them, boy, you can get a lot of passionate prayer then. I remember 9-11 and how our prayer times were packed because people were afraid. Once that subsided, you didn't see many of those people again. So what do we as saints have to do to magnify or to to speak about the plan of God and, and his intended expanse when it comes to our soul. One of the ways we got to guard over our soul is not listening to other voices, or at least not allowing those voices to get inside of us. False doctrine, um, enemy opinions. These, these are all, these are all the first line of attack for the enemy. He catches you at a moment of waiting. But my soul magnifies the Lord. And I think that we we need to, as we come forth from this new year and expect a lot of promises to be uh, unveiled and beginning to be fulfilled in the natural in the new year, we need to begin by laying our soul down and and just lathering on in every part of it heartfelt and pure thanks to our God. And, you know, I've mentioned this before, our neighbor to the north, the, the Quebec, the Quebecois uh, in Canada, they still believe that they are citizens of France. And they have a vote every year as to whether they can disband from Her Majesty's uh, supervision in the Canadian government and become an independent nation of French people. It's, it's sad in a way, uh, that, that point of bitterness and feeling of disenfranchisedness. But on their license plate, je me souviens, I remember. I remember my heritage. I remember my language. And I remember my identity. (laughs) They'll tell you that in no uncertain term. And I wonder if we need to plaster on our own bumper stickers, je me souviens, so that we will remember one of the stories of Christmas are all these old people who are who are children of Abraham 
another old person. And they, they had to hold on and believe. My soul magnifies the Lord, and we have to give thanks. You might want to just make a list of things that you're thankful for as a saint. And for those of you here, or for whatever church you're in, as a church body, remembering the things that God has done and continues to do, um, give thanks to him for um, all of the the wonderful blessings. And that, that blessing begins with our identity in him as believers. Yes, that's the starting point. Without that, nothing else happens. But as saints and sons and all the things God has given us, you need to list those and bring them before the Lord. Enter his gates with that. And, you know, in, in the Old Testament with thanksgiving, um, into his courts with praise. What you're believing God is doing, going to do, and you launch forth from that point of thanks and you proclaim Praise waits in Zion. Saturday is this week, New Year's Day, of course, but it's also first Saturday. And um, we're, in, we're encouraging the saints from around the world to, after offering thanks, to present themselves a living sacrifice, to reaffirm the calling and the identity that God, that God has given and to ask God to cleanse us and to use us as a living sacrifice for him. That's a, that's a great, that's a great way to begin the new year. And that directive should be going out to all of the saints network, but that's for Saturday. And then we come into um, an understanding in that of verse 47, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, your spirit, that spark of life and identity from the throne that God gives to you when you're born, that place where you are born again in spirit through the blood of Jesus and only through the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice at Calvary. That measure of that place within you where you receive those points of partnership with God that place from which the Bible says, when we pray in unknown tongues, our spirit prays. It's in alignment with our eternal identity. It's in alignment with that spark of life that we will surrender when we die. The Bible says we give up the spirit. Jesus did. All of us will too. And what is left is who we've 
become in God and in our service to him. And that's how we'll be known. But our spirit is a wonderful bastion for partnership with God. And that's when we pray in tongues, we speak to God. We speak his mysteries. We build up our most holy faith. We uh, put ourselves in a position to then interpret things that God is saying. And through that, then, we lay a an ongoing um, library of understandings that we receive from God in conjunction with his word. Your spirit should be presented to God this Saturday. Well, every day, but I'm just speaking this weekend in the paradigm of what we're doing. Uh, you should lay forth, ask for a fresh sprinkling of the blood upon your mind so that an evil conscience would be purged. And you should commune with God, uh, offering up your your whole spirit, soul, body, your whole your whole mind and heart and strength. You need to give that all to the Lord, according to what the Book of Romans says: a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, which is our reasonable service. It's why what our reason for being is, and that's our. That's our mutual accord for New Year's Day. For our congregation, I, I'm hoping that a number of people will come up here on Saturday morning and, and or whenever you can come. But if you can't come, carve out a time to pray at home. Stir up that gift of grace within you and Pray in the Spirit every day. I cannot emphasize this enough. That is the signature gift God emblazoned upon us here in Dallas and upon every person in the Saints Network. When God ignited, he breathed upon the coals of our Pentecostal experience and ignited a a heightened scriptural function of diversities of tongues. It's up to you to keep that fire burning. It's up to the priest to keep that fire burning. You have to do it. And so, then we come into this weekend, Sunday, here in Dallas. We're going to be devoting our morning service. And I still am waiting on exactly how... This is going to flow, but we're going to be praying. We're going to be, um, we're going to be hearing from the Lord and speaking words of prof- prophecy, prophetic praise into the new year. And we we are going to recommit ourselves to our calling. And that begins with intercession. And so, how we're going to do this? I, I feel even now, as I'm, as I'm saying this, the Spirit 
giving me uh, measures of perception as to how we're going to do it. But I would just think that any of my congregation, um, once Sunday school concludes, and as as of now, uh, Brother Mark Burke is supposed to be teaching. I'm pretty sure I understand that correctly. And then when we come out of Sunday school class, I think we're going to have immediately 30 minutes of intercession. We'll just, maybe the intercession should begin at 10, even though Sunday school uh, ends at 10. Of course, with Brother Burke speaking, we don't know when it'll end. Just joking, Mark. Um, but we'll begin, and I, I need to have some folks that will get things ready, and it's not going to be a time of fellowship in the sanctuary at 10. We're going to begin to pray, and then we'll transition from that. Maybe maybe we'll do some other functions of prayer um, throughout that morning, but we're going to pray, and then we're going to process, and we'll see. But I, I think from 10 o'clock on, we'll pray and and then we'll move into um, what the Father would have us to do in in our expressions built upon that. Um, it'll be a, a great time, but I know it's order to the Lord. So the weekend is really a weekend of prayer as we enter the new year. Uh, we uh, we recognize what God has given. We recognize the great grace that is before us. We give thanks to him for a multitude of things, from our identity, from the gifts he's given, to the way he's provided, to um, the, the promises and as we understand them and the dreams and the visions that he's given and all the giftings that he's given. We got to give thanks Friday. You should do this every day, but for the new year, we 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 do this, our soul magnifying the Lord. And then Saturday, we present ourselves as a living sacrifice on New Year's Day. Our spirit rejoices and that leaps with anticipation for what God is doing and what he's going to do. And basically for the privilege of being able to partner with him in this. That's the most important thing of all. That's the eternal measure. We seek his face. We know him there. Don't ever let that die. And I know isolation, waiting, um, lots of opinions floating around that could irritate and aggravate, fear perhaps, questions. Oh man, when the soul goes awry, it just wobbles all over the place. Other people's opinions. You can, you, the army can become flabby. And again, that's just the way things are. I mean, <sighs> but we as saints should be bigger than that recognizing the propensity of those kinds of things, we persevere and we insist on another dynamic. And regardless of whether you've drifted into that languishing or not, it's time to reaffirm and refocus. 
Saturday, presenting ourselves. Sunday, a reaffirmation of prayer. God still searches for an intercessor. Everything begins with a voice. And we do that. We do that. In fact, I think what we'll do is um, I'll present some type of an outline and I'll submit it to Scott and instead of a teaching outline for this Sunday, we'll put up an order of service and we'll probably identify a little bit there it's not going to be a transcript. I know some of you would like that, but it's not going to be that because we still have to be fluid enough to move in the things of the Spirit. Sometimes when you put out an order of service and a transcript, you stymie what God wants to do. So we'll put that forward so that all of you will know. And for those of you coming to the church on Sunday... I'll print that out. We'll have it in either foyer. Uh, if you want to get it beforehand, I think Scott, I don't know when Scott puts that up. I know Sylvie gets it ready for PowerPoint. We won't, really won't need a PowerPoint Sunday. But it'll be available when you come in. But at least that way you'll know, okay, this is where we're going. And um, I may even need to appoint some folks to make sure they are in the sanctuary at 10 beginning prayer. Because Sunday school, I know, drifts, and um, it always does, no matter who's teaching. And people have gotten into the habit of fellowshipping, and the worship team is gathering. So, um, But in the sanctuary this week, 10 o'clock prayer. And we'll carry that through until the service needs to transition and um, but it's it's about re reaffirming our identity in the new year and then setting a a stage to look forward into the new year some of you may want to join with us live and participate with us now if we start service at 10:30 live we may still be praying wouldn't that be wonderful but um, just know that we're going to have been praying 30 minutes beforehand. So do that. Get in the spirit of the thing. And uh, let's, let's all agree. So I think that this is a good word for the Saints Network. And I know that it's a good word for us here. Um, it's a weekend of prayer. Thanksgiving on Friday um, presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice on Saturday, um, reestablishing ourselves in, uh, in intercession and to look forward into the new on Sunday. Thank you, Father, for this contiguous directive each part builds upon the other. And this is really the pathway of grace. 
as the saints are going forward into this new year, this year of the saints, we better do these things. We better reaffirm what it means to be a saint scripturally. And um, so we've got a lot of things that we're looking forward to, and it's an exciting thing. But um, this is, I believe, what the Lord says. So we join with Elizabeth and Mary. Blessed is she that believed. We still believe, don't we? There will be an absolute fulfillment of the things which were told us by the Lord. And our soul needs to magnify or expand in this house the power of God concerning what his plan has put forward. Our soul has to embrace that and yield to it. And our spirit mobilizes and functions. Our spirit rejoices in our God who gave us that spirit and who has made it alive through the sacrifice of that son that was inside the woman by the miracle power of the Holy Spirit who said these words. So, thank God for this past year. Thank God for all the things that he's done. The words of the old Andre Crouch song, To God be the glory for the things he has done. Um, we give him thanks. In fact, you should look that song up on Napster or Spotify or even on on the internet. Just look up Andre Crouch to God be the glory. You know, I remember in the early 70s two major forces uh, one white one African American really spoke into the worship services of the church. Bill Gaither and Andre Crouch. And they didn't only provide great new songs, but their songs broke through barriers. And... um, Um, You know, Bill Gaither singing about lifting hands in church. That was verboten in a lot of churches. Do you realize that? Do you remember that? I lived through that. And I remember, but uh, Andre Crouch is one of the greatest songwriters in all of the history of Christianity. Just look back through what he wrote. It's phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Bless the Lord, O my soul. To God be the glory, and on and on. Just wonderful things. So you may, you know, since one of the things we're believing for, God has prophesied this over the years, but also recently in in dreams that he's given me regarding this house is the influx of of many more African-American believers who are 
going to compromise the great army of the Lord then as saints. Might be good for you to, to listen to Andre Crouch when he sings, To God be the glory. And bless the Lord, O my soul, he has done great things. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful song. So look that up and just listen to it and remember how that revolutionized the church in the late 60s, early 70s. It bridged the gap between um, the white churches and the African-American churches. It blessed other churches too. But those... We need an influx of that same anointing today. And like I said, listening to Morningstar, they've always been an exhortation to move forward. I appreciate the easy peasy, let's just feel God, let's ask him to come in. I appreciate that, but when that happens, you got to do something with it. God is just not coming in just so your worship time is more beautiful. He's expecting you to move forward in grace with him. It is your reasonable service. It is the reason you are here. And so we need to we need to look forward again and press forward toward the mark. And it's not just about existing and experiencing and welcoming. It is you know when Elohim met with Jacob there in Bethel. That ladder extended up toward the plan of God. It wasn't just a nice little bivouac of of meeting with God and having a cozy feeling. Those angels were coming down that ladder, and at the top of it was the responsibility of the plan of God. And we've gone through a really strange season We've been forced to wait, but that waiting is precious. We shouldn't despise it, and we should use it for what the Scripture says we must do. And so, I got a little bit fiery there, didn't I? Happy New Year to all of you, and we speak blessings over you. We look forward to what God is going to do in this new year, and It begins now, and uh, as we anticipate what we're going to be offering in this weekend of prayer. God bless you all. Goodbye.